Grow marketing culture and sketchy MLMs have given modern business a bad reputation. It feels harder than ever to succeed as an entrepreneur, even though we've got an abundance of info and tech right at our fingertips. If you feel frustrated running your business, stress over your sales goals, or are baffled by marketing strategies, you've come to the right place. You deserve to run a successful, sustainable business without spamming all of your friends or wasting time and money on marketing gimmicks. This is the Sell It Sister podcast, and you're going to learn how to make more money without complex systems or sleazy sales tactics. I'm Erica Tebbins, and I teach highly motivated, female, and gender expansive entrepreneurs that selling doesn't have to suck. I've been running successful businesses and teaching others how to sell smarter, earn more, and create raving fans for over 15 years. And I'm excited to share what I've learned with you. If you want success without truly serving your clients, profits without any passion, or the next get rich quick scheme, I'm not your gal. But if you're all in as an entrepreneur, want to make a difference with your work, and are ready to run a business you're proud of, then get ready to sell it, sister. In today's episode, I am expanding on something that you may have heard me mention before. Uh, It's definitely something that I teach in my Sell It Sister course, and it's something I'm always talking about with my clients. And that is the concept of attracting the best and repelling the rest. And I wanted to speak on this right now because there is a lot of talk online amongst entrepreneurs about making statements, uh, making statements that could be seen as political or standing in solidarity um, with something that is viewed as political. And is that wise or is that appropriate or does that just cause further division and all of these different things? And so I wanted to address this head on because it's something I'm very passionate about. And I think that it is something that is absolutely worth contemplating as an entrepreneur. I will say in a lot of my traditional entrepreneur spaces that I hang out in, uh, a lot of what I have been seeing and hearing is not, oh, should I even be saying anything? It's usually more of, I want to say something, but I'm not sure how, right? I I want it to be meaningful. Uh, I don't want it to cause further harm. Um, And, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it there, but it's been very much pro like, hey, I want people to know where I stand on uh, the movement for black lives and uh, racial injustice in America. Uh, and so it's, it's not so much there that I've been seeing some of the, the backlash to it. It's more in the farming community. So in case you don't know, I used to farm and I also co-created a course with my friend who um, is like a, like a pretty big name in the farming world. He's been farming since he was 15. Uh, no joke. And um, and so we have this course for, for farmers market vendors. So because of that and because of my passion um, for local food systems and uh, food justice, I run in these different like farming circles, right? And and one of them is his very, very large uh, free farming resource group. So in there, uh, last week, there was some discussion around, hey, if we, if we want to make a statement, 
like how, how does one, you know, how do you suggest that we do that? Does anyone have any examples of, uh, statements that you've already sent out? And I, you know, I'm just really struggling with what to say, but I want to make my, my feelings on this very abundant to our, our client base. So there's some really good discussion in there. And there was also some like just really gross behavior. And I definitely had to boot some people from the group, like as an admin and, and, uh, and do some of that. But, um, I, I would say that a lot of it was people earnestly sharing, um, that, you know, what they had already put out, what they were thinking about putting out, um, and, and just being helpful and sharing resources. And then there were also some people who, we're being polite in the comments, but they were like, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel appropriate or, uh, I don't mix business and politics or why would I, uh, create more division or why would I put out a statement that would, um, seem to pit a, one group of my customers against another group, like just on and on and on. Right. So, so not like overtly saying like, I think this is stupid and I think that you're a bunch of idiots. Like the people who said stuff like that, they got kicked out. But um, the rest, it was sort of that that like middle ground of like, well, I, you know, I don't really know if this is a smart thing to do as a, a business owner to put myself in this situation. Now, I'm sure that for some of those people what that that was veiled language for I don't agree with what is going on uh in terms of you know protesting and and such um and I'm afraid to say the wrong thing I'm afraid to um put out a statement uh knowing that I have um customers who are who, who may be are vehemently against the protests who are maybe uh, incredibly like pro-police and like pro the current administration, right? And they they didn't want any backlash. Like I, I'm assuming that there's some segment uh, of, of the people in there who were commenting saying that they didn't want to say anything that just kind of wanted to like fly under the radar with all of this and not um, ruffle any feathers. Uh as an aside, outside of the farming world, I was actually really disappointed to see that a company that I used to be affiliated with, a, a consultant with, a leader with, uh, had not released anything. And even though I'm, I'm not affiliated with them anymore, I still have some people who are, who are consultants. And I had some back and forth saying like, hey, this is a company that was really founded on values and um, empowering women and uh, families and putting money behind um, causes to to help people, you know, that, that help people. There's a lot of philanthropic work. There's a lot of like being a voice for the voiceless and all of this stuff. And like, they haven't done anything. Like they've just been sort of radio silent other than like on their social media, putting a picture of uh, like a black woman, a black model with like a handbag. Um, and then there was like, a, just like a really, I don't know, just a sort of light, uh, mother Teresa quote. Like it was, it was sort of like, why, you know? And so there was a back and forth with a higher level leader, someone who I know who's been in the company forever. And 
it took them like a long time to actually say anything. And when they did, it was very much like it, it gave the appearance of, well, we have done like a cost benefit analysis and we don't want to, um, you know, we, we know that a large part of our consultant base and our customer base is, uh, you know, maybe a bit more conservative or they are not, um, they don't want to be confronted with systemic racism and and all of this. So we're just going to make this very tepid statement because at the end of the day, um, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. So we're just going to kind of say like, yeah, racism is bad and like we're going to prey on it. Like that. <laughs> sort of what it, what it amounted to, right? Um, and not that everyone has to go out and do like a, a Ben and Jerry's like super bold um, kind of statement, but uh, it, it was just, it was sort of like, it, it felt very workshopped, right? It felt very like finely crafted to like ruffle the least feathers, I guess is how, is how I would put it. Um, and so back to the farming world and what some of the discussion that was happening in the thread that I was chiming in um, on there was that putting out various statements for various things or taking a stand for certain things or having um, certain positions within your business and your brand are not a bad thing. I know uh in a recent-ish episode when I interviewed uh, Maggie Frank Shu, we talk about how to take a stand for something in your business, right? And so today I want to talk really about like, like why, like why, why it is okay to mix quote unquote business and politics, right? Um, and by politics, I don't necessarily even mean like, hey, this is who I'm voting for and I think you should vote for them. I just mean any any causes that you feel passionate about, you can use the platform and the influence of your business and your brand to shine a spotlight onto those things. So what I was trying to explain to the people who were willing to have constructive, respectful uh, discussion with me in that farming group what I was, me and some other people, it wasn't just me, but what we were trying to explain is that now, like, so in 2020, um, especially with the internet and everything, we have, we all have a lot of competition. And while this can feel really scary, I view it as a good thing, right? And, and we all have, we have a lot more access to uh, information and um, we can we can really like shop around, right? We can make informed choices a lot more easily when we are spending our money. And I think that this is really great. So while I do not agree with what Hobby Lobby supports, I am at least grateful that they are pretty transparent in that because then I don't inadvertently, spend my money with them, right? Because I would rather know upfront what they are supporting with their corporate dollars uh, and then be able to not shop there than if I was shopping there for years and years. And then I found out and I'm like, damn, well, now I feel like a real jerk because I didn't realize I was um, supporting this company that doesn't reflect my values. So I think that 
a way of looking at it is not that every business, like especially going back to, let's say, just a small vegetable farm, right? Not that every business has to be like, oh, we're, you know, we're going to talk about every single social issue and we are going to, you know, just never stop talking about these things that are not necessarily integrated, I guess I would say, like into the thing that they're, that they're selling, right? Not that you have to uh, be doing that all the time, but when you feel like, hey, this is something that aligns with my values and this is something that I want to talk about, then you can do that and know that it's not that you are creating more division or being more polarizing or anything. It's more that you are putting out a beacon for the people who are going to resonate with you and your brand in the best way for going both ways, right? So uh, like mutually, you're going to be benefiting from each other. And so I think about it, uh, I'll, I'll give some larger examples just to put this into context. So for instance, Tom Shoes, right? So everyone knows Tom Shoes and they've been around for long enough now that you can get knockoffs. I think there's like Bob's Shoes, whatever. I, I think they sell them at like Walmart in different places or maybe like pay less. I don't know. But you can get pretty good knockoffs of Tom's Shoes uh, for a far lower price. But the difference is, is that when you buy from Tom's Shoes, you are also helping them support like that one for one program. And so a lot of times people like to buy from Tom's knowing that they are spending more money because they realize that it is their their dollars spent with them are going to be multiplied into doing something good in the world. And so we buy into that that ethos, right? We we buy into their platform, their mission, their values and we say, "Okay, sure. I will pay, you know, $60 for these basic canvas shoes because I like that feeling I get knowing that I'm also supporting a good cause when I do this, right? So that is one of them. Now, I don't know like if there's ever, maybe there's like behind the scenes drama at Tom's or like hopefully that mission is going like appropriately. I, I, I don't know. Um, somebody correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on that and I've like missed something over the years. But uh, that is one I think that we are really very familiar with. And are there people in the world who were like, why are you helping people who are struggling in another country when we have people struggling here? Yes, of course. Like there's plenty of people in the U.S. who feel like we should only be helping our fellow citizens and not people um, anywhere else around the world. But Tom's is, they've taken a stand. They've decided what they want to do, right? And there's probably many other businesses now um, that, I mean, gosh, there's there's so many companies now that are fa- founded on this like mission-driven principle, right? Like that whenever you buy their jeans, they, you know, make a donation to 
XYZ. Or I think like Subaru has like a few different um, organizations. I think when you like buy a new Subaru, you tell them, I think it's like one of maybe like five organizations and you tell them like which one you want to have your, uh, your donation. And I know even if you, if you've ever lived on the West coast or you do currently, when I was in high school, um, there was a, a chain of, uh, used clothing stores called Buffalo exchange. And I I know they still exist, but, uh, I used to shop at them a lot and they had this program. This was like back in the late nineties where in, if you didn't use a shopping bag back then, if you brought your own bag or you're just going to carry your stuff out, they would give you a token. I think they were worth like a nickel. And then there were these different jars and for different um, organizations. And you could put your token in whichever one you wanted. And then they would take, you know, they would tally up that, that money and make a donation for that organization. So there are just countless examples of places where we knowingly choose to support with our dollars because not only do we like the product or do we like the service, but we like the company, the values, the mission, and all of that. And going back to having competition, I think it actually makes it possible for us when companies say, hey, this is what we are all about with our company, and somebody has something similar, you get to decide and say, okay, which thing would I rather support? And that is pretty cool, right? And not that every single decision uh, to make a purchase has to go through this huge, enormous lens of of decision, right? Like you, if you live in an area that only has like a Walmart, uh, for miles and miles and miles, you might hate Walmart, but not really have an option of where you're going to buy your groceries. Right. Uh, but if you are buying clothes on the internet that are going to get mailed to you, then you could shop with companies that are, um, you know, maybe use better, uh, ethically, sourced fabrics and they they pay their employees well and and on and on and on right so we get to sort of vote with our dollars constantly so i view it as why not let people know what you are all about so that they can vote with their dollars and so that the people who are not a right fit can weed themselves out right So just like I self-select and I don't shop at Hobby Lobby, if there was somebody who was like, you know, I don't agree with your values or I think your values are stupid, Erica, or I don't, you know, I don't want my money going to you because you support XYZ, I would like for them to know in advance because I don't want to have a situation where I have committed to working with somebody for six months and then, you know, and, and I don't say that they have, you know, I don't have to see eye to eye on every subject with every client a hundred percent of the time. That's not what I'm saying. But what I mean is, is if, if we fundamentally have a different set of values uh, it, it's going to be probably not the best fit if we've committed to working together 
for this period of time. And if suddenly I am going to talk about something and you're going to be like, wait, what? I didn't, I didn't realize that like my, you know, part of the money I'm paying you is going to support XYZ organization. Like I didn't sign up for that. I don't want to support that. Like I, you know, I want to cancel this contract. Like I I don't want to, I don't want that in my business midway through working with somebody, right? I don't want them to find out that I've given to an organization that supports trans rights or uh, trans healthcare. And they're like, hang on, I don't value like transgender folks. Like what? I don't, why do I want to receive money from that person as a client if they fundamentally disagree with something that is important to me, right? I don't want that. Uh, and that doesn't mean I'm going to, um, you know, if, if I were to find out later or something that I'm going to like cancel culture that person or like call them out or do anything horrific. Like that's not what I'm here for. It's more of a sense of I I don't want to attract people only who are like cookie cutter clones of who I am. That isn't what I want. But I do want to be sure that people know who I am and what I'm about and what my company is about upfront. And this doesn't even have to be with anything political, right? Like if we just take anything like political or social justice issues or human rights issues, if we just take those off the table and we say, Hey, I am not, I am not here for hustle culture. I am not here. Like I say in my, um, in the intro to the, to the show, like get rich quick schemes, hustle culture, bro marketing, all of that. I'm very clear that that is not what I'm here for. So if you are somebody who is like, well, but that's what I want. Like I want somebody who is going to teach me how to set up this big funnel uh, so that I can have my four-hour work week and I never have to engage with any of my clients or customers and I am just making money constantly and, uh, you know, I don't know, ex- like exploiting people and exploiting myself and my own energy. Like if that is what you want, those people exist. You can hire all sorts of different people um, in a similar or like sort of like an adjacent vein to that is like there are a lot of business coaches who are also they weave this element of like spirituality through what they do. Right. And so not that I'm saying that you can't do that or that they are terrible people for doing that. I'm not saying that at all. But if you are somebody who's like, well, um, you know, spirituality and, and manifestation and like chakra aligning and, and all of that is is intrinsic to my life. And so therefore I want a business coach who's also going to like weave that into our work. Like that's great. You can find that. Those people exist. But I just want to make it very clear at the outset, like that's not me. That's not what you're going to get here. Because again, I don't want somebody to sign on to work with me. And then we're like 60 days in and they're like, 
well, hang on. I want to talk about, you know, I don't even know, like my astrological profile and how it fits in with my business. And I'm going to be like, wait, what? I don't, that's not what we do here. Like, and I, I didn't know that that was important to you. And now I feel like I'm not fulfilling my end of the bargain because that's not something that I can deliver on. And uh oh, now we're not a good, now we're not a good fit, right? So for me, I just think that it is important at the outset to, uh, not that you have to like verbally dump on your website, absolutely every single thing that you think is important to you. But I think that it is good to be very open and honest of what you are all about so that you can attract the best people for you and repel the people who are not going to be the best and and not even repel as and they hate you, but they just can look at what you're about and be like, mm, I don't think that they're for me. And I know that this feels very scary uh, because, you know, a lot of times in business, like a lot of times with business, it's a struggle, right? You're struggling to um, make money or make the kind of money you want. And you're like, why would I ever try to push people away if that means that like I'm holding their money at bay too when I really like need money, right? But Bottom line is, is that when you try to be too neutral, when you try to be like the farmers who are like, well, I don't want to create this like weird division amongst my customers. I just sell vegetables. I I just want people to like buy my vegetables. It actually waters down your your brand, right? When when you are too neutral on too many things, it really waters down your brand. And so one of the things that I that I teach to my clients, that I teach to my students, that I that we teach to the students in our farmers market course, one of the things that we we start with in that farmers market course is like who are you and what is your brand and what do you stand for in your brand and how can you be a bit polarizing so that you can attract the best and repel the rest. And so really, really simple example of this in the farming world, and I'm sure you're probably not in the farming world, um, but because you eat food, I know that you know what organic and like conventional is. So organic food, conventional means, you know, not or not certified organic. And People have a lot of different thoughts, opinions, and feelings on organic versus conventional. It's a, it's a whole spectrum, right? Some people are like, I am only getting organic. I am only getting local. I am, you know, like th- they are really, really strict with it, right? And other people are like, well, I kind of just buy whatever is the cheapest. Um, but there are a few things that I like to get that are uh, organic, right? Or I, you know, if I have a little extra money in my food budget, I will try to get like, at at least like my produce, I'll try to get organic, but I might just get like regular crackers. So I'm not going to get organic crackers. And, and there's like, you know, everything in between. And then there, of course, there are the people who are like, organic is a scam and I'm not paying for it. And then there are the people who are like, I would love to buy organic, but I 
have an extremely limited budget for food and organic is more expensive. So I just can't, I just can't do it. But as a farmer, when you are putting your message out there to people, we like the, the farm, my farm that I used to have and the farm that I used to work for my friend, Michael's farm. Um, we were very clear on like, these are the things that are important to us. Uh, you know, sustainability, regenerative agriculture, um, not using harmful uh, chemicals or pesticides or fertilizers or anything like that, having things be really local, like, and on and on and on. So none of these are immediately adjacent to like human rights issues or anything, but there are things that we stood for in our, in our businesses, in our farms. And that enabled people who also felt that that was important for them to find us more easily. It, it allowed people to self-select and be comfortable paying $5 a pound for heirloom tomatoes because they weren't just paying for the tomatoes. They were, they were paying for our larger mission. They were paying for uh, how we viewed like the land and the soil and, and paying employees and just all of these different things. That is really what they were were paying for on a deeper level. And so we had to let them know that that's what we were all about. Like then the onus was on us to say, no, actually this is, this is what we value and this is why we do it. And because we do it this way, it does cost us a little bit more. And so that is why our prices are reflective of that, right? That's why we are not the cheapest at the farmer's market. Uh, but we are, we are worth it if this is what you value. Um, so I, I hope that that, uh, is like a good analogy there that, you know, you can kind of see that is outside of the realm of anything that feels more heavy, um, like a, a social justice issue. If you are feeling like, I I don't know what to say. Um, I would suggest uh, my friend Kia, my good friend Kia Young. So kiayoung.com. If you go to her website, she has a blog post. She talks about the three different ways that you can speak out, like the three, like based on kind of like your personality and the stance you want to take and whatever. So three different ways that you can speak out about different things in your business. Um, and I would also say that, you know, you, if you feel it needs to be stated, you could always just say, Hey, this is something new for us to be thinking about in our business. Um, and we don't just want to make a flippant statement. Um, here's where our heart is at right now. And our, and our mind is at right now. And there are going to be deeper things that we look into and we, and we learn and action steps we take. We're not quite ready to say like what those are. Cause we honestly just, we don't know, but we are saying that we're making a commitment to doing that work or, um, that we understand that as, as a business, we have a platform, we have a voice. And so, uh, this is how we feel. Uh, but we, but we aren't educated enough to, to, have a larger, more bold message at the moment. Um, but I think where it gets like it, where it can get weird and awkward is, you know, they're like the gushers, like fruit gummies, whatever. 
my husband was showing me a tweet that was like, I don't, it, I don't even remember what it said, but it was like, gushers is against like racism. It was just, it was kind of hilarious. Cause it's like gushers. What? And they tag like fruit by the foot. Like, I, I mean, I, I think there's a, like something to be said about not just, not just having a hollow message to say it because you're worried that if you don't say it, that people will get mad. Right. But I mean, I, I would fundamentally disagree that you can't bring politics into business or that you can't bring um, certain issues, uh, human rights issues, social justice issues, that you can't bring that into your business. Because fundamentally, there is enough proof of businesses who lead with those things who do really well because they lead with those with those things, right? If, again, if you're unsure... Um, I mean, there's lots of, of good resources out there. Again, go check out my friend uh, Kia's blog so you can learn more. I'm going to put it in the show notes as well. Um, and and really sit with it and think about what your values are and think about how you want to differentiate yourself from the competition so that you can attract the best and repel the rest. And then instead of getting into a scarcity mindset that, oh my God, you're you know going to like... Uh, not have enough business because you aren't neutral enough. You aren't like vanilla enough to be appealing broadly. Trust that with the way that marketing works, especially marketing in 2020 is that people are being more mindful of how they spend their money. And people are specifically supporting certain people and brands and companies because of their values um, not like not in spite of them and and that you could trust that there are actually enough other people out there who will resonate with you and that there are enough people that you can attract and that when you are more clear on what you're about it actually serves as like a megaphone for your business and it makes it easier for your perfect people to find you so that's what I that's what I wanted to uh, touch on there with that. If you have any questions, um, I hang out the most on Instagram. So uh, come find me at Erica Tabins Consulting and you can send me a message. I would love to hear from you. Uh, if there are specific things that you are always vocal about in your business, uh, if in, in any way whatsoever, I would really love uh, to hear about that. I'm curious what some of those are. And, uh, and I will just say, you know, this is, this is an ongoing thing, just like in business, a lot of things you're, you're always learning, you're always growing, you're always, um, trying to improve and do better. And I feel like this is one of those areas as well, where you can keep, um, assessing it and analyzing it and refining it and leaning in more and more. I know I am much more bold and confident in my business now, uh, than I was in 2017 when I started this, because in 2017, I was still trying to figure out like having an online service-based business and all these other things, uh, and getting those foundations in my business. And, and although I'm pretty like outspoken in my personal life, uh, I just, you know, I, I felt really overwhelmed with all of the new stuff in my new business. And 
I, and I look back at like my, my branding and, and some of my stuff from then. And while some of it was very obvious, like, you know, these are my opinions and my stance on a few things. It was still very like, it was, it was a lot more like meh than it is now. Cause a lot of that just comes from doing the work and having the confidence and being really clear on like who you are and how you are different from the competition. Um, and then calling that out, you know, you know, in whatever way you want, whether that's, you know, in your copy or, um, in your content, both all of the above, you know, all of that. So, wow, this got a little bit longer than I, than I anticipated, but I think this is something, it's something important to think about. Um, and I know it's something that is a real concern for a lot of people, even people who are well-meaning and they, they want to be supportive, but they are afraid that they will get um, backlash. So I hope this helps. Uh, again, reach out to me and, uh, connect with me on Instagram and subscribe if you don't already, cause you get a new episode every single Wednesday. And as always happy selling. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the sell it sister podcast. If you loved it and you want more, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and then head on over to sellitsisterhood.com to join my free Facebook community group. And as your mama said, sharing is caring. So if you got a lot of value out of this episode, be sure to share it with your biz besties too. Okay. Now get out there and sell it sister.